0: Well, hi everyone. My name is Mark and uh, I'm delighted to um, be with Terry Virgo right now. Uh, Terry is uh, the founder of the New Frontiers family of churches of which we are part of in Christ Central Fredericton. And uh, it's been wonderful to have Terry with us um, over the last few years. He's been with us twice in Fredericton in person and uh, we have very much valued him being with us and all of his teaching and input into shaping us as a, the church that we are today as well. So I'm thrilled to be connecting with uh, with you today, Terry. It's great to have you with us. Thank you, Mark. It's a joy to see you again. Great yeah. to be
1: with the church.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, it's just over a year since you were here with us last time. Uh, time has gone incredibly quickly, but... Uh, you were here and then you were uh, speaking at a conference in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And it was great to have you with us for a whole weekend speaking about the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, uh, just all that God has for us uh, in that. And the world's changed a lot since then, I, uh, I guess, hasn't it? Sure has. Yeah. So I just wondered um, if we could just ask you a few questions um just about your reflections really, on the current situation, reflections on who we are as the church, how we live out, um, being the people of God uh, at this time, and uh, also around what we might be praying into at this time as well. Um, so why don't we start with uh, thinking about uh, the topic that you're speaking on last week because uh, just as we're recording this, it's just coming up to Pentecost sunday this coming sunday uh that's a special time when we focus on the holy spirit and we remember the uh the, the filling of the spirit the first time uh, with the apostles on the day of pentecost i just wonder what you what your thoughts are about um how we can go on being filled with the Spirit. the ephesians 5 18 talks about being filled with the spirit on an ongoing basis what, what does that mean for us practically when we're in a time like this when many of us might be isolated do you think
1: yeah thank you mark i think that the coming upon of the spirit was uh, incredibly life-changing for those apostles i've just started working on a commentary on acts in my own devotional life in the morning so every morning i'm looking at just a few verses and i'm still in those early chapters. I've just got into chapter five now, <clears throat> but the remarkable transformation of these guys who, I mean, they just were unimpressive in the Gospels, but they are amazing in in the Book of Acts. Uh, Simon Peter, particularly, you can see the contrast of his, uh, you know, cowardice, if you like, uh, to becoming not only bold on the day of Pentecost, but when he's confronted. Uh, by the sanhedrin he's i mean he's absolutely in their place and full of courage and uh so the coming upon of the spirit was huge uh for these guys and i i believe it is for us and we want to keep on maintaining our life in the spirit uh, which i believe is what you're asking me about i think for me i remember the dramatic experience of first being filled with the spirit i i was seeking the Holy Spirit, because I wanted to be a witness. That was where I felt so inadequate. And the coming upon of the Spirit, and then laying hands on a few other people, it meant a whole gang of young people in the church got filled with the Spirit, and uh, we moved out onto the streets, and I preached in the open air. Something I would have, I would have never dreamed possible before. So it was life changing. And the thing that surprised me, and I wasn't anticipating was a new desire to worship and the greatest sense of the intimacy of god being with me and with us so when we gathered uh, there was this new appetite to worship uh, which was beautiful uh, i think for the ongoing filling of the spirit it's in that kind of context that you get in ephesians chapter 5 b be being filled with the Spirit, it's a present continuous as they call it Um, is something that keeps on happening. Be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another or to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody with all your heart to the Lord. And I think probably that is meant for the church together. And I think it's when we're together, we do experience the presence of the Spirit. But I also think we can take that uh, to ourselves individually. So for me... Uh, On a daily basis, to be honest, I do sing and make melody to the Lord. I do sing with hymns and songs and spiritual songs. I I, I sing old hymns. I sing recent songs. I sing in songs. I sing in the spirit. Uh, And I find that in doing that, I do sense the presence of the spirit afresh. And uh, I take that to be um, the way that I maintain this walk in the spirit uh, in the old testament there's a verse that says spring up a well sing to it and uh, the bible says we have within us when we come and drink we have within us a well of water uh jesus speaking to the woman at the well um, in john 4 said if you knew the gift of god if you knew who was speaking to you you'd ask and he would give you not a drink but he will give you a well and she said, oh, that's great. I wouldn't have to keep coming to this well. And although it was a confused conversation, she's aware I'm getting something that goes with me. Uh, and so I think we, we, we have this, uh, the Holy Spirit is with us, but I believe we can be refreshed in the Spirit. We can drink, uh, uh, sing praise to the Lord. And I think that's our portion. And at the moment, when we're not physically together, then it's something yeah let's make sure we're making time for that on our own i find seeing some of the worship songs i find one song reminds me of another and the very content of the songs uh, which tell me of his love i find it refreshes and renews me
0: oh that, that's excellent terry that's 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 really good um I mean, I've heard some of your online reflections that you've um, been doing, and I know a number of people have uh, really appreciated those uh, that you've been putting out on Facebook and social media um, most days, uh, just little five-minute um, reflections or encouragements that have been ever so helpful. And uh, in one of those, I, I remember you talking about um, praying and really just feeling this was a time Uh, to to really call on God um, and and for revival, really. Um, I don't know if that's something that you can just expand on a little bit and and maybe even explain what you mean by calling on God for revival. I know the words sometimes have different meanings uh, in different contexts. So it would be great for you to just expand on what you think by that.
1: Yes, of course, Mark. I think that, as you say, revival, we lived in the States for a few years. and People were there talk about we're going to have a revival which meant that we going to have some evangelistic meetings which is great uh, but i think the kind of classic from an english perspective the, the classic um, description of a revival would be something to be honest that tends to start in the church very often with a, a, a new desire to pray a real awareness we need god more uh, and so people start asking that God will visit, and some another word might be a visitation, uh, an awakening. Uh, so a time of the visitation of the Spirit in a more intense way than we would normally know, uh, where God God comes, and uh, you can read about revivals in the past of that sort. I mean, the classic would be the Wesleyan revival, <coughs> where England. Was in a very sorry state, morally, uh, economically, and certainly spiritually. Uh, Everything was in a very, very bad way. I have a book called England Before and After Wesley by a man called Wesley Breedy. And uh, it's a detailed study of how, first of all, revival happened with thousands being saved and new churches getting started. Initially, uh, Wesley was an, a Church of England guy, so he did not start new churches in his lifetime. But when he passed away, they started new churches, Methodist churches, Wesleyan, and I mean, that was just a phenomenal thing. Uh, Whitfield, Wesley, others, Rowlands, Daniels—there were some very famous names. But vast numbers got saved then. Churches, and then, as and this man. Uh, has looked into it in some detail. It affected the culture of the UK. So uh, how children were treated, hospitals, prisons, education, uh, uh, how the poor were looked after. I mean, phenomenal social change came on the back of this awakening. So revival isn't just putting on a few meetings. It's It's a real visitation of God and when you get a major revival, like the Wesleyan one, which lasted for years, it really changed the culture of the nation. And then you get, like, a, another next century, 1859, famous revival. They call it the Second Great Awakening. Uh, happened, if, if, first of all, in New York. Interesting, one man, Jeremiah Lamphere, started having prayer meetings. And then there was a crash on the banks. I only learned that later, that. It was through anxiety about finance many started to pray, and in the end there were tens of thousands praying every lunchtime. In New York, churches opened every lunchtime, and uh, and then God came, and uh, a million people got saved over the next couple of years. It's all research Churches grew by a million, and then that swept across to the UK and it happened in the uk another a million people added in the next couple of years 1859 so a sweeping revival and on the back of that a kind of a missionary awakening so uh, the cambridge seven all these uh, people went off to china india so it was a phenomenal global revival then you can read of smaller ones like the welsh revival 1905 the hebrides revival which would be the last significant revival that happened in the uk and uh, there you can read about a man uh called uh, campbell he um duncan campbell and he writes up that not only church buildings were filled with the presence of god but whole towns the town was filled with the presence of god and people would even at night uh, come to come to the chapel and they'd find people kneeling on the side of the road and so on. So it's a phenomenal manifestation of God's presence. And so, yeah, I've been praying for revival for a long time. And I love reading up what happened in previous revivals. It's so stimulating. And I would say about our current situation that I, I believe that this extraordinary plague, that sweeping nation after nation, I've been praying very much that here in the UK, for instance, it will result in people being awakened to the reality of life and death, because there's certainly a fear of death, which I've never known before. Um, People are scared and they're thinking about it. And and also a humbling, because we've been so arrogant, so self-assured, money has been not bad, People plan for their holidays. They, they know that, I mean, there are poor people, but generally speaking, the nation has become pretty well off and independent. And I've been praying that God will use this to uh, devastate our independence and our uh, uh, sort of security so that we start asking much bigger questions. And uh, I mean, stats are coming out that our online broadcasts of church meetings, numbers are just soaring. Uh, people doing alpha numbers and swords uh, uh people attending life groups even numbers are just going up and up and that's fascinating numbers of bibles have been sold i mean all these things have been recorded uh lately uh, and more people googling the word prayer uh and, and so yeah there's an awareness now i'm not calling it revival but i would love to believe that it was some kind of prelude. Uh, to god coming and that was softening the hearts of people and we've certainly had prophetic words to encourage us to believe for revival i've never felt happy to say it was going to happen this year and live brinkmanship. i know some have done that over the years where they said we're having meetings every night it's going to come any moment and i don't think we're meant to live with a kind of you carry on you do what you can you witness you evangelize you build the church and you pray and we pray that god will come and do this wonderful work of revival but meanwhile we get on with it and uh, we don't put all our eggs in one basket in that sense but i do i'm setting aside more time praying for revival daily that god will come
0: no that's very good terry and it's a great encouragement to us to to keep on pressing in and um and, and we've found similar things to what you've just been talking about we're running an online alpha now and we found the same people are very open and very quickly wanting to talk about some of these questions we, we set it up within a week and and quickly got a good number of people wanting to sign up and similarly with life groups um, more people involved in those um it, you know it, it's certainly been a time when when our our priorities have been uh, refocused and we've been finding out each of us what what our lives are really built upon. and I, I think there's been questions that in in different people uh, as we've gone through this process, um, just as you were talking there about God using the time just the the verse struck me from Genesis, um, I think it's chapter fifty where Joseph is, uh, is is talking to his brothers and he says, Um, obviously he's been through a terrible time as Joseph and, and then they come to him and, and he, he says, look, God, you know, God meant this for good. You intended it for evil, but God meant it for, for good. And, uh, so I don't know if you've got any comments into this. Some people have been asking about, is this, is this something that's from God? Surely this isn't a good thing. Um, is God using this? Is he just turning it around or is it? is he in charge of, of the whole thing? I don't know if you've got any thoughts on, on that big question. Well,
1: I, I'd love to just take the Joseph analogy, and I'll come back to the thing you finished with there. Uh, many years ago, at uh, one of our early Bible weeks, I felt God brought the, the, the story of Joseph strongly to me, and I preached on Joseph, I think, for four nights. And, and I felt he was, he was like a charismatic Uh, He saw visions and dreamed dreams. And uh, when we started, I think probably we were pretty adolescent, like Joseph was. He wasn't too smart, uh, but he was authentic. And uh, his brothers couldn't handle him and threw him out. And uh, that happened to us quite a bit. I mean, it's one of the reasons lots of new churches started, because they had an experience of the Spirit. That They were seeing visions, dreaming. They were having a charismatic experience. And the family, if you like, couldn't handle. And we were pushed out. And uh, uh, we went through a time. And I preached right through this thing about Joseph, how he was tested. Uh, he says he was a successful man, which I felt he meant he wasn't looking back. And he wasn't living for, looking forward. He was living for today. And uh, then God brought him through. He stayed true to his vision. And uh, it fascinated me. That he didn't abandon his vision uh, as he was put through you know prisoners all sorts of things and then one more dream and he is out and he's there in the position that god gave him and then i felt god said he kept loving his brothers uh, although joseph carried the dream uh, the, the 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 story wasn't about joseph it was about the whole nation um and so when their brothers interestingly the brothers heard there was food in egypt and I, it just struck me at the time uh it was a kind of supplementary word in the sense that he was feeding the hungry and his brothers heard and they began to join him and it's like he he welcomed them and I, I i believe many of us in the early days when the spirit came And we started new churches, a lot of misunderstanding and so on. But I believe that we've come through and our brothers are finding us again. We're finding our brothers. We are, we're far that kind of animosity that used to be there is not there anymore for us. And uh, I think the fact that we are uh, very much in the front line of helping the poor is giving us credibility uh, and helping people understand they're not just, you know, tongue speakers. Uh, they're not just hand, you know, happy clappies, they're, they're, they're genuinely doing stuff. So I think that story of Joseph is very relevant uh, to our journey over years, actually. Uh, and then when you're saying about what well, is the whole thing from God, I mean, I think that there are certain things that are built into society and it looks like something went desperately wrong in China and then out of that has come something pretty horrific. Uh, of a global proportions are unprecedented is the word you keep on hearing. Um, It's certainly in my lifetime and on such a size, it's just amazing. I can't believe that anything could happen on this scale without God's permission. I believe in a sovereign God. Uh, Now, I, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say God has sent this plague, but I do believe that God is involved in this and over it. And the sort of thing we've just been talking about, some of the spin-offs, are in terms of gospel, I mean, I've had several conversations, I'm sure we all have, and people are amazed at how new people are being reached. And people who, they're a bit nervous to come into our church buildings, however friendly we try and make them. You know, people are not used to church and they don't want to be vulnerable asking their questions even on alpha sort of thing but to be at home if you're in your pajamas if you like and with your cup of coffee in your hand and attending a service that's an amazing thing and uh, we are reaching vast numbers and i was talking even today to a pastor here in the uk saying well when we go back i'm sure we won't want to throw away uh, all this ground uh, And so maybe we will continue doing online stuff as well as coming back to being together again uh, because it's just getting to people's lives that we were never touching before. So I truly believe there is a sovereignty of God in it. Although I honestly believe uh, that church is something we do together. And so I don't think it's, it's normal church. Again, I've heard some say, well, this is church. It's that's the whole deal. Uh no, it isn't. And uh our church life is very, I mean, that word together, uh, I preached on it many times over the years. Um, in the early acts, particularly, they were together, they were together. I keep on saying it. And um so much of church life. And to be honest, the more charismatic it is, genuinely spirit-filled the more we benefit from being together by those kind of spontaneous moments when the Spirit begins to move on people and the gifts of the Spirit, which are given for the common good. They're they're to be shared. That's the whole point of these gifts. And so togetherness is a fundamental part of being church. So I don't believe it's something God's saying, I'll close my church down. I, I can't believe that. But I do believe God is involved in this and doing amazing things
0: no that's that's really helpful terry and uh over here um in new brunswick we've actually got fewer cases right now of covid 19 uh, than in many parts of the world and, and certainly than in the uk i know and so um the provinces begin to uh, lift restrictions on church gatherings over the next uh, week or two and we'll be able to gather in groups of up to Fifty, which is going to be a, a, a exciting time, but obviously also coming in with wanting to be responsible. Um, but we're really excited that hopefully we're going to be able to meet in our new building that we bought. And I know a year ago I showed you around it, uh, the old, yeah. uh, the old yeah. hardware store, and uh, and uh, we're looking to do some renovations on on that. Right now we we haven't got to that point yet, and we're just going to start meeting in it as is um but still uh, in time really looking to 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 develop and renovate that building and one of the one of the things that we felt was for that for that building to be used almost as a provision for the community as well the the yes. this Joseph story came we've not we've not come up with a name for sure with it yet but one of the names we've been mulling over is the storehouse partly because it was a store but partly out of that Joseph story of of him mm. providing for the for the nations as they, as they came and being a, a, a resource. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just wonder if you've, um, just as we, as we come to a close, how you, how you would encourage us to, to press on in, in faith in this time, you know, still still looking to believe for the finance for the renovation of this building, but it's a financially, um, uncertain time in the world right now, still looking to believe for, reaching uh, the city and and being that uh that, that people that's going to really help bless and benefit and uh, the the city so i don't know if you've got any closing comments into any of that
1: yeah i mean the vision lives on uh, this has been an unusual uh season but even in the unusual season potentially lo- loads more people so the necessity for a live brilliant church in the center of it Meeting the needs of people, both spiritually and maybe materially, is uh is wonderful. I mean, I'm so thrilled. I remember looking around the building, it's so exciting to think of your being in there. Uh you no, know, I think the vision lives on, nothing's changed. We we're there for the glory of God. And I think God's made wonderful promises to us about provision. It's it's one of the great things God has promised to provide. And uh he, he will he will always provide so we need to put first the kingdom uh, this is a faith stance uh, and it's something that he has told us that if we will put first the kingdom uh, everything else will be added so that obviously comes back into every individual household it may be through uh, the virus and the, and the economic uh, difficulties in england certainly that's going to be massive now uh, in terms of job loss and so on But I honestly believe it's a principle that Jesus said, if we build our house on rock, you know, my words, if you do that, it'd be like a man builds his house on a rock and uh, the storms come, but the house stands. And, you know, some of these words that Jesus gave us about worshiping God, not worshiping mammon. In other words, you don't put your trust. Mammon kind of tries to make the same offers. I'll provide security, I'll look after you, you know, I'll be there for you. That's what Mammon is saying. But actually, it's a copy of what God says. God says, I'll be there for you. I'll provide for you. And I think it's important for us to keep trusting him, uh, believing him, uh, and giving towards the advance of the gospel, uh, which for you, obviously, is together with getting the building functioning and the church uh, blossoming in there. So, no, nothing changes there. We keep believing God. We keep pressing on
0: yeah that's excellent you know god that's good god's not been taken by surprise by any of this as you said so he's uh we can keep believing his word and keep believing what he's given us terry i don't know if there's anything else that you'd just like to say or share with us just before we close um and if not maybe you could pray for us just at the end sure
1: well mark it's been just a joy to see your face hear your voice and communicate by this means to the church i've got very happy memories of being with you all and uh, it's just a joy to think i'm communicating with you here from my home uh, here in the uk and uh, amazing these modern means of communication let me just pray for you as we conclude father i thank you so much for raising up this church i thank you for gathering your people I thank you for the worship of Jesus that takes place there, the gospel that's ringing out from there. This community, you said, is a city on a hill it cannot be hid. So, Lord, I'm praying that you will continue blessing, pouring out your Holy Spirit, knit the people together in love, gentleness, openness to one another. Let gifts of the Holy Spirit flood them, Lord. At this Pentecost time, we pray, please keep pouring out your holy spirit upon this glorious church lord be glorified across fredericksburg and, and beyond give us a voice across the nation let your name be exalted lord thank you so much for your commitment to us we give you praise in jesus name
0: amen 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 well thank you so much terry it's been great to have you with us and we hope at some point in the near future to see you here in person uh, but uh, if that doesn't happen uh we'll continue to be encouraged by you and we'll continue to pray for you and for wendy as well thank you
1: thanks so much i hope you enjoy the videos in the morning